Zimbraconda is a proud supporter of Wisconsin Badger Athletics. If you're looking to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Honda, buy local. Part of the Madison community since 1973, Zimbraconda's customer service is second to none. Experience it today for yourself. Shop local. Shop Zimbraconda. Wait, am I having technical difficulties again, Jesse? Is that why we're having the Badgers Outsider on like we did on Friday? We're bringing them back already? I feel like my internet is stabilized. Knock on wood. You know what that music means? That's a way to put the hammer on yourself. That's why I knocked on wood. Joining us now from PDS and PDS IT Solutions, he is our Badgers Outsider. Tausch apparently not spending his week off of the show with this guy because he's on it. And it is our buddy Derek Blakesley on Wilby and Tausch. Derek, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. It is the it was the best of times for Badgers fans, and then the worst of times. So, but I'm all right. I'm all right. Excited to have the tournament back. So, um. Before we talk specifically about your Badgers and your intense desire for Brad Davison to have an eighth year of eligibility, um, why is the Big Ten looking as bad as it is in the big dance, in your opinion? I don't have a good answer. And I'm, I'm really surprised. When I filled out my brackets, I had... Uh, I had three or four teams making a deep run. I don't know what the heck. You know, you watch those games. It's, it's not like people are getting lucky. I mean, we're, the teams are straight up getting beat. It's almost like uh, you make that argument that, well, we beat up on each other and we're worn down by the end of the year. But I don't think that really holds a lot of water um, with the way the season has gone. Um, the big talk is that the West Coast basketball is the way um, – and that, that that style perhaps is, is some, somehow superior than the physical uh, type of games that you see in the Big Ten. But um, just speaking from the games that I watched, there were just some better athletes. Uh, and I mean that in a, the sense of just quicker and, and, and stronger when you talk about the Badgers versus Baylor. But, you know, in Illinois, when they lost, they just, just didn't have the juice. So I, I can't explain it. I don't have a good answer. I've seen the critique that guard play is what wins you games in the tournament. And teams that play fast with great guard play are the teams that are playing well in this tournament. And when you look back at the Big Ten and you see Garza and and Desumu and a lot of the, like the, the marquee players oftentimes are larger guys. And so the game doesn't translate well in tournament play where you can't be so reluctant to go to the guards for the, the big help. And it all comes down to, you know, what what the bigs are and are not able to do come tournament time. Well, I, I don't know if that's really true. I mean, I, I, could, I could come back at you and say, look at Loyola, the way that they're playing. Yeah. Right. I know that's kind of an exception. Um, they're, they're definitely playing kind of inside out. I think the perimeter defense. When we there were times when the Badgers played against 
Baylor when we couldn't even get the ball on the floor to start the dribble, and we were we were having the ball taken away by uh, quicker quicker backcourts. And you look at Bohannon in Iowa; the guy doesn't even score. He doesn't even put a point on the board. Um, so I think it's a good point, Jesse, saying that the guard play does matter, and I think it's from almost from an athleticism, athleticism perspective, meaning, you know, can you move the ball fast enough or can you create your own shot? And, um, and But, you know, there's good guards in the Big Ten, too. I mean, man, I don't know. I don't think there's an easy answer. I think this may have been a fluke in some bad matchups, to be honest. I, I just, across the board, and we still have Michigan. We're still rolling. Michigan had a nice win last Woo-hoo! night. And we're we're still we're and they were they were and they're not even playing at their best. But um, I, I think there's there's a larger discussion here to be had, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out next year when the college basketball season starts. Except you know, Tausch doesn't watch until March, so he'll have no no role in the discussion. I don't know if Eric watches much uh, college hoops or not uh, early on in the season, but it'll be interesting. So I I agree with you, Derek, because I, I was reluctant to make any sweeping generalizations about the Big Ten because it could have been matchup-based. And then I watched, I know Jesse was very concerned about my professionalism yesterday. He thought I was going to, just like he likes to watch television while doing the radio program, he thought I was going to turn the Ducks game on against Iowa. And I didn't. I waited until our program had ceased. I turned it and on. And then I watched. For the record. I, I, I I'm here. not surprised. Yeah. yeah. That's how you knew how Drew Carey looked. Um, Oof. And I, they looked quicker. They shot the ball better from the perimeter. They made more three-pointers. They looked more athletic. And like you said about Baylor matching up with the Badgers guards, remember we were talking before Wisconsin played North Carolina about dealing with four guys that are 6'10". Well, Carolina's guards weren't that good. And as they talked about the Baylor-Wisconsin matchup on the CBS, TNT, TBS, True TV quadruple coverage, it was all about how those guards from Baylor are long and can defend the perimeter and were going to make it much more difficult on Wisconsin. And that's exactly what happened. So to me, I think your point about guard play is right on the money. And it is why those matchups were problematic. Maybe the Big Ten is a great league with great teams, but in the tournament, if they come up against those types of matchups, they have been in trouble, which has been pretty obvious thus far. Yeah, um, yeah, so- I, yeah it's a good, I agree. It's just the games in the Big Ten kind of drag in the middle of the games, whereas some of these matchups, these teams are just intense the entire time. And the the score, you can the margins can get a little wider than in a typical Big Ten game where it stays tight until you get down to the end. So I think there's a little bit of that in the rhythm of the game too. So Derek, now that the Badgers season is over, how do you view it? The thought because because into my head. because I, I thought... about his enthusiasm. I have the enthusiasm yeah, I... for for next year about as much as Tom Oates about his wedding reception. Um, I... I no. thought I thought it was interesting that Guard went out of his way to talk about everything that this group had been through because I thought it was very appropriate. I loved what he said. I do think that 
because of everything from the tragedy with Howard Moore to getting on an eight-game winning streak and having any chance at playing in the tournament taken away, which was taken away from every college team, not just the Badgers, but there weren't any teams that were hotter entering their conference tournaments than the Badgers were last year. And then with all the pressure that comes with the COVID protocols and making sure the season doesn't get interrupted, all of those things I thought were very accurate about assessing this group at the same time, it's hard not to feel like they didn't do as much as you wanted them to do, which I think you could feel both those things simultaneously and yeah. not be unfair. Let's, let's put it this way. In the past, we've had players that got better. This team had players that got stronger. They got mature, uh, more mature. They grew as, as young men. But nobody on that team popped. They didn't pop the way Kaminsky popped. They didn't pop the way Nigel Hayes popped in the last couple of years he was around. They didn't pop the way we didn't have a Devin Harris. We didn't have anybody who took – we had people that took steps forward. We did not have a couple of guys or a guy that took a leap forward. And when it came time to get up and against big-time competition and all season in those 10 games that we lost – we just didn't have that next level player who was, uh, you know, henceforth could not elevate the uh, elevate the team to that next level where we could finish basketball games. So, you know, they, look, I think the story of this team is going to be about that we recruited uh, some high character guys, and I think they put all the effort in that they possibly could, and I they reached the the their potential, and their potential wasn't as high as it was for some players we've had in recent history uh, with Sam Decker and, and, and Frank and, and the like. So we just have to keep recruiting players and developing and trying to get to that level where in year three and four we've, we, we find players that can make a leap and instead of just moving, moving steadily forward. Because you can see the writing's on the wall. Um, and a lot of other good teams this year have lost in the tournament and from a lot of good conferences. Uh, so I'm, I'm not too worried about all that. But the, the after, when I watch Gonzaga play and I watch Baylor play, that is a different level of basketball. It is fun to watch. I think it's a better product to watch than the NBA. Sorry, Eric. Um, it's, it's exciting, but we're not at that level. And so the next group, we need to shoot better and we need to – I hate to say it because I hate this Big Ten argument. We need to get athleticism that is that is superior. I'm talking some superior athleticism. I think Jonathan Davis is a good start and a good move in that direction, and we've got we'll see what the players coming in half. You you took my last question right out of my mouth because I wanted to ask you what you think of the future of Davis. I you know I didn't see him a ton early in the season, and then as I watched more games instead of listening to them with Matt LaPay in my car while I drove to ballet practices. Um, I, I, re- I loved everything <laughs> I saw from him. I mean, I, I think he is going to be a really good ballet. player. Yeah, well, I'm pretty good on the releve. That's really my strength. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think he is going to be an absolute stud. I do not have a track record of predicting college greatness for players like you have with Quintez Cephas and other great players that have been great football players. What... Is Davis going to be a stud? Do you believe that, like I do? Well, I'm not that great. I mean, I, everything I said on the show Friday was essentially wrong. And I, I had said that I had a source on it, and that source, I, and I'm not a journalist, 
uh, Eric, so don't well, expect anything of me. I, I, my source was a guy at my son's hockey practice named Randy. <laughs> and Randy was, Randy apparently didn't know what he was talking about. Um, so, uh, D- Davis, they're going to have to build the offense around him. Um, and I think they should have done more of that. And it's difficult in the swing to, to do so. But, man, he's got the ability to, to score, to get his own shot. And if we're going to play the way we always have and we're going to run and try to get shots in the last five, six seconds of the shot clock, he's the guy you've got to have the ball in his hands. And so he's real close. I, I would imagine that um, he's got the kind of talent that he could be in the, an NBA player. I just see the, the, the intangibles uh, and the way that I think he's going to work within our program. Uh, and he does everything the right way. He's learned from the people that are uh, the upperclassmen. I expect big things. We, we need to be able to. Um, we need to be able to get a guy like him the ball when he when he wants to score. I, I feel like that we we couldn't really find the hot hand sometimes this year. The nature of our offense either. It's like somebody makes a couple and then it doesn't come around to him unless there's the de facto leader, the the guy on the team that makes it go. And that's going to be Davis next year. And I'll, I'll put money on that. Very little amount of money, but I, I, I truly believe that. This is why Derek will remain the outsider and never uh, be our Badgers insider. Number one, he's placing bets on what the future will be from, uh, well, well, close small to bets. it. And, yeah, small bets. And he's also burning his sources left and right. Derek, you Randy. can't just throw Randy from hockey practice under the bus like that. Randy, I told I told Randy, I saw him again. This I said, Randy, I got to go out in the general public and say this. And you, you loaded me up with more crap than a... I can't even think of the uh, the metaphor. Steady, um, yeah, there but, you know. Randy's dad used to be the equipment guy for the Bucks, so that's why I thought he had the kind of. He knows Randy. <laughs> I thought he knows. He's coached some college what, basketball. What, what, but, what uh, kind of a qualification I, I, you know is that? I, I said, hey, I got a newborn. I got a newborn at home. I got a lot of things going. I told the general public that I had abandoned my family and my job to prepare for this tournament. I need to pick. I need some picks. And Randy set me up with was wrong about everything except the Badgers uh, beating North Carolina. So I, I apologize. I'm working. I'm working hard, but it's just feel sometimes guys like I'm falling short. I'm imagining Adam Schefter and Adrian Wojnarowski hopping on the five o'clock Sports Center and leading it with a question. Oh, according to Randy from hockey practice, who I was talking to earlier today, looks like the Packers might be in the market for an offensive lineman after all. People, people are sick of Schefter. They, pe- people are sick of all these guys. They come on, they, they got the scoop. They get everything right. They want to hear some BS coming from somebody that's been chatting with Randy over at the local hockey arena. That, that's where you want to. That's where you want to get your prognostications from. Well, if you're the Badgers outsider, I don't know what that makes Randy, other than the son <laughs> of the Bucks. Former equipment manager, which is of course where I go for all my Badgers information. Apparently, Derek, apparently, we don't need to have Derek on anymore. We should just call Randy next time. See what he's cut got out the middleman. Is, is is Eric on this? Is Eric on? Are you there, Eric? I don't. I I don't see him anymore. I think he left. I, I don't know. If we, <laughs> I mean, is, is it so bad that Eric has left the program? Is he eating lunch with Eric, Jesse like Jesse usually does when I'm on? Eric got up. He was up late last night covering the Bucks. He might have snuck in a little cat nap here in between. Definitely. I mean, we, we need we need big... him. We want to find out who the equipment manager for the Bucks was in the '80s and find out what the heck's going on that the information I got from Randy at hockey practice didn't translate to me building the brand. I'm, I'm farther outside than I've ever been. 
Maybe uh, maybe the Bucks have some sort of trade going, and he ducked out because uh, he actually does have sources. He's talking beyond. to his own Randy. Fellow parents at practices. Uh, I just, Derek, I, I just want people to know I'm going to work on it. It's going to get better from here. It's going to get better. I'm glad you acknowledged that Friday was not good enough. We we look forward to your continued improvement, like Johnny Davis. I'm on a I'm on a performance improvement plan, and I we don't want to commit to you beyond this myself. season. Yes, Derek. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, bye, guys. That is the ill-prepared, <laughs> throw your source under the bus, Badgers outsider.